0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome in to Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Look, I said there wouldn't be any so there wouldn't be many solo pods after last week. Well, we got another primetime game, and guess what? We got another solo pod. I'm Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. This podcast is brought to you by Cooperage Brewing Company in Santa Rosa. I would imagine tonight, after a 49ers win like that over the Rams on Monday Night Football, would be a great time for Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA from Cooperage or any of their other delectable selections. Check out cooperagebrewing.com. Niners won a game. Let's talk about it.
0: Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory! Kittle
2: is gonna go! Touchdown! Bosa's got him with a second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard line.
1: It's really funny how the NFL works because last week the 49ers lose an absolute stinker in Denver. The offense plays terribly. Jimmy Garoppolo looks really bad. The 49ers give the ball away. They lose for all sorts of different reasons, mostly having to do with the offense. The sky is falling. Everybody's lip reading on the internet trying to figure out what Jimmy Garoppolo said about Kyle Shanahan's play calling or if he was even talking about Kyle Shanahan at all. And then the 49ers come out and have what appears to be a get-right game against the Rams at home on Monday Night Football. They win 24-9. It's their seventh straight victory over the Rams in the regular season. And obviously that stat loses a little bit of its luster when you think about last year's NFC title game down in L.A. But this was really a win the 49ers needed. Um, The defense was incredible and really deserves all the accolades and all the discussion after this game. I, I think it's pretty clear now that this defense is the best in the league. No 20-yard plays for the Rams the first time that's happened to them in 15 years. No touchdowns uh, for the first time since Matthew Stafford became the Rams quarterback. And just a dominant performance. And and frankly, that should be what happened in that game, given the fact the Rams were down to their third-string center um, and backups at left guard and right guard once coleman shelton left the game in the first half it was it was pretty clear the 49ers were going to be able to do what they needed to in terms of getting after the passer nick bosa two more sacks leads the nfl in sacks and pressures now uh, our favorite cast member nick wagner vspn tweeted out after the game that 23 pressures are in fact the most in four games in the nfl by anybody so the preseason prediction that Nick Bosa would be an MVP candidate or sorry, a defensive player of the year candidate, not an MVP candidate, not there yet. I don't know what it, it, it might have to. Nick Bosa would probably have to get to 30 sacks to be an MVP candidate, <laughs> but a defensive player of the year candidate. Absolutely. Um, when he wasn't directly pressuring Matthew Stafford or hitting him, it looked like he was getting really close almost every play which to me is is the most impressive part about watching Nick Bosa because if you watch him closely you will see he has balls to the wall on every single play. He is a factor every time he's on the field. There are no there are no plays off really for him. And it's cliché and but it's exactly what you want from your star player. It's like you know the difference really and you see this with Aaron Donald too is the star players don't just show out when plays, when when there are very clear opportunities for them to make plays. The star players bring the same intensity every single play. And Nick Bosa's effort and intensity and just the way he plays, the motor, whatever football cliche you want to throw out there. Nick Bosa is absolutely that guy. His second sack was a little bit of a gift in that, you know, Matt Stafford was uh, running, sort of scrambling towards the line of scrimmage after getting pressured and and sort of was tackled a yard behind the line of scrimmage on on that scramble. Not a traditional sack, but Nick Bosa gets credit for the sack nonetheless. So that gives him six on the year. Talanoa Hufung is a star. He is. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He's a really good player on a really good defense. It's the second interception of the season. Um, he was responsible for another one that he tipped to Deshaun to Gibson in the Seahawks game. Um, he's made all sorts of plays around the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage. He's making turnovers. And, and I would argue that his interception, the pick six going 52 yards the other way in the fourth quarter against Matt Stafford and the Rams was the biggest play of the 49ers season. Full stop. If he doesn't make that play, I really do wonder how that game turns out. Because if you think about it, the second half, the 49ers offense was not great. Kyle Shanahan, after George Kittle was out of bounds on what should have been a touchdown. Uh, I think Kittle will tell you that he should have gotten both feet in. There was no reason why he didn't. He just, it just didn't happen. His One of his feet was out of bounds. Kyle Shanahan from the one yard line on fourth down decides to kick a field goal. They take a delay of game, push it back, give Robbie Gold a little bit more of a of an angle at the field goal to go up by eight points. Now, you know, I, I think it when it comes to these decisions, like I probably would have gone for it, particularly the way the 49ers defense is playing. But also you've seen your defense give up touchdowns like last week late in the game in Denver even after throttling the opponent to that point and if you don't score there even if the Rams are backed up you don't feel great about having a five-point lead there so I understand kicking the field goal at the same time with Jeff Wilson and with Debo Samuel and potentially Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle you should feel okay about getting a A yard and scoring a touchdown there but that's that that's a a less important conversation because Talanoa Hufunga saved the 49ers um and then you have after the Kyle Shanahan decides to kick the field goal 49ers do get the ball back Robbie Gold misses a field goal and it's still an eight-point game and it kind of feels like a classic 49ers loss in the fourth quarter where the offense isn't good enough down the stretch run like we've seen that happen in a lot of big games for the 49ers including last week when they need to get a second half touchdown and they can't do it and they're holding an 8-point lead against an offense that's pretty good maybe this offense this version of the rams offense isn't nearly as good but you didn't feel great about where things stood when the 49ers missed that field goal from 42 yards and held on to their 8-point lead because all the rams really needed was a drive that we're so accustomed to the 49ers giving up. But Talanoa Hufanga reads the bubble screen and takes it the other way for a pick six and the 49ers win in what looks like kind of a laugh for 24 to 9.
2: How many times do you see interceptions on a bubble screen? The entire point of a bubble screen
1: is to hit it super quickly before the defense can react and you hope you get blockers out in front in time to give your guy a lane and and potentially make it a big play that's the entire point of a bubble screen and the reason why Talanoa Hufanga's interception was so impressive was because of how quickly he reacted and how quickly he jumped on that pass And it was the biggest play of the season because with that eight-point lead after Kyle Shanahan decided to kick the field goal and after Robbie Gold missed that 42-yard field goal. Given what we've seen from the 49ers this season, it's like, okay, here we go again. They're not in a great spot. They've had opportunities to go up by multiple scores against this team, and they've let the Rams hang around. And then Talanoa Hufanga makes a play of the night. And the play of the season through their first four games. And now, given the 49ers go to play the Carolina Panthers next week, you feel a hell of a lot better if you're a
2: 49ers fan at two and two than you would at one and three. So, you know, I, I think. It's, it's just
1: funny. The NFL is funny. Like, that's why the last eight days is exactly why we talk about the NFL being such an insane league and how it's so hard to make declarations about a team, particularly early in the season, based on what you saw in one game. And I get it. Football is basically a game, a collection of small sample sizes. And you think you lose a game this way. That's who the team is now and forever. It's going to be impossible for them to rebound from that. And then what happens? They're a little bit better the next week. They win. And you realize, oh, yeah, it's a week to week league. Maybe we shouldn't jump to overwhelming conclusions based off of singular results. And I'm a victim of it, too. I went into this game thinking, yeah, of course the 49ers have a chance to beat the Rams. They always beat the Rams. They've won seven in a row in the regular season against the Rams now. But given that the Browns, or sorry, the Bears lost to the Giants and looked horrendous again and given the Broncos offense looked horrendous against the Raiders and the Broncos lost to Vegas was previously the only winless team in the NFL those 49ers losses to the Browns and Broncos sorry Browns Bears and Broncos Chicago Bears not the Browns those losses have not aged well And I get it. Like, I tweeted that and people said, well, yeah, they weren't good at the time. Like, yeah, obviously. But sometimes in the NFL, when you lose games early in the season and then you learn later on that those teams you lost to end up being pretty good, you could say, well, those losses didn't age the worst. No, those those losses to the Broncos and Bears, not the Browns, aged horrendously. So the 49ers really, really needed to win Monday night. I think just for their spirit, the fact that you know one in three isn't a death knell, but one in three and then going on the road for two games and staying over in West Virginia like they're going to again between the the Carolina Atlanta games, it would have been it would have been a tumultuous week. Probably even more tumultuous than this last week was, given all the conversation around Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: So a really important win, a really important win,
1: a win that the defense badly needed. The offense was just good enough, but I didn't see a whole lot from the offense that I find super encouraging, to be honest. You know, the game went Rams field goal, Niners touchdown, Rams field goal, Niners touchdown in the first half, 14 to six at halftime. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, his numbers were fine. Not great. Pretty good. 16 to 27. That's 60%. 8.9 yards per attempt. That's obviously more than good enough. A touchdown. Probably should have had two. His, you can make an argument his best throw of the night was the pass that ended up being the incompletion to Kittle in the end zone. But the reason why I'm not super encouraged by what the 49ers offense did was, you know, the Jeff Wilson touchdown run, obviously a nice play. And if you're the 49ers, you very much welcome a well-blocked
2: rushing touchdown. But Debo Samuel saved Jimmy Garoppolo again. (laughs)
1: The 57-yard touchdown, which was an absolutely ridiculous play by Debo. Just completely absurd. And that's what Debo Samuel does. And that's why when he was doing what he did midway through last season and in the playoffs, I said, this guy looks like a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm just saying his value to the 49ers in that moment and in this moment tonight, that's like a Hall of Fame type player when you can just give the guy the ball and he'll make a ton of guys
2: miss and score touchdowns in big moments. But it was a high throw from Jimmy Garoppolo that Devo Samuel had to jump and get. And if Devo Samuel didn't jump and get it, Kendrick, the the
1: Rams cornerback, might have taken it the other way for a pick six. And I'm not... Darion Kendrick is his name. I'm not trying to dump on Jimmy Garoppolo because it's not we don't need to litigate what or who Jimmy Garoppolo is as a quarterback at this point. He is what he is. That was a very Jimmy Garoppolo game. Kyle Shanahan dialing up bubble screens to Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk on third and long in the fourth quarter tells you just about all you need to know. And the, the bubble screen to Debo Samuel worked. And the bubble screen to Brandon Ayuk nearly worked. But Aaron Banks missed on a block and Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey made a really good play to get around Aaron Banks and then make the tackle on Brandon
2: Ayuk. Who's was definitely getting into it with Jalen Ramsey. But the point remains, as encouraging
1: as this win is for the 49ers as a whole, it's hard to look at the offense and feel great about where things are. Because asking Debo Samuel to break three tackles and score 57-yard touchdowns every week is going to be difficult. And the offense has only scored one second-half touchdown in four games now.
2: And without Talanoa Hufanga and that pick six, if
1: that game ends and the 49ers win just by eight, yeah, eight, eight points is a nice win over division rival but you're really not feeling all that great about it. So Talanoa Hufung is pick six to make it a 15-point game instead of an eight-point game. Adds window dressing to another relatively ho-hum performance from the offense. 22 carries, 22 rushing plays, 27 pass attempts, which is typically not the formula we see from the 49ers when it comes to playing the Rams, right? Normally, when they play the Rams, they run it 30 or 40 times. And they control the tempo of the game that way, and they keep Matthew Stafford off the field and
2: play really physical bully ball along their offensive front. And yeah, they did a little
1: bit of that, but I would say instead of running the ball, the substitution was the quick
2: passing game, the quick slant to Debo Samuel, the bubble screens. So it's an encouraging win. There's there's no such thing as a bad win in the NFL. And
1: I know I sound like a super cliche football guy, but there just isn't. But you need to see more from the offense to get to where you want to go, which is coming into the season, this is a team with a Super Bowl-type roster. And the whole thing with keeping Jimmy Garoppolo as your backup quarterback is –
2: we can still get to our we can still reach our goals with our backup quarterback. Well. I would argue that it's gonna be really hard to beat the best teams in the NFL by throwing bubble screens on third and long. <laughs> and Jimmy Garoppolo again. Missed another
1: open guy on a wheel route. Charlie Warner. I think it was the second quarter, maybe it was the third quarter. I don't remember. Charlie Warner, backup tight end beats his guy. I don't know that it would have been a touchdown because I don't know if Charlie Warner is outrunning enough people to to score a long touchdown there, but he's open if Jimmy Garoppolo hits him to to where Warner doesn't have to turn around to his outside shoulder. It would have been a big game, and
2: it's just the type of play that you see Jimmy Garoppolo miss all the time. If you were to make a
1: drinking game or a bingo card, I would highly encourage you to put Jimmy Garoppolo misses somebody on a wheel route
2: on that bingo card or drinking game. Assuming you want to drink, of course. 49ers were four of seven on third down in the first half. They finished five of
1: 12, which means they went one for five on third down in the second half. Again, I'm not trying to nitpick. I'm pointing this out because I think it's important. Because the win was good. Still need more from the offense. Debo Samuel, two yards and two carries. Okay. <laughs> I think opponents might have figured out the Debo Samuel running back thing. But he had seven catches for 115 yards, including the 57-yard touchdown. Um, Jawan Jennings getting a lot of looks on third down. I do wonder. He limped off the field at the end of the game. I do wonder if that's going to be something to monitor going forward. I also wonder if the Rams might have picked up that, hey, if it's third down, Jimmy Garoppolo's He's not throwing a bubble screen to Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel. There's a decent chance he's gonna look for Juwan Jennings because he's gonna get relatively straightforward coverage with everybody else on the field. Right? Like if if you have all the 49ers skill guys on the field, the guys who are getting doubled are Debo Samuel and George Kittle. Maybe Brandon Ayuk in a certain look. But I think the reason why Juwan Jennings gets so many looks on third down is because of all those other guys and where the coverages go. Um, back to the 49ers defense. Charles Amena, who had a, had a sack. De'Amatole or Lenore's playing really well in the slot. I've been really impressed. Um, had, a, had a sack. Coming
2: off the edge on a blitz. A good tackler. Physical, definitely one of the surprises to me of the season because
1: D'Amador Lenore wasn't somebody that I thought of as a breakout quote-unquote candidate. And I'm not saying D'Amador Lenore is breaking out. Not yet. He can get there. But I'm surprised that he's starting. I'm surprised he beat out Samuel Womack for that job. And to beat him out and play at a high level is a huge boon for the 49ers. Now you start to think about, well, fifth round picks. Yeah, is a fifth round pick. <laughs> 49ers, for whatever reason, it feels like they don't really find anybody super notable in the fourth round. Or even the third round. Obviously, Debo. Oh, actually, take check that. Fred Warner, third round pick. Pretty good pick.
2: Debo Samuel, second-round pick.
1: Fifth round, George Kittle, Trey Greenlaw, Talanoa Hufanga, Diamador Lenore. Sam Womack, still high on him. Still
2: high on Sam Womack, even though Lenore beat him up. <laughs> Samson-Ebu revenge game? Really good game from Ebucam. He
1: had a sack, I think it was on the first drive. He basically had the game-sealing forced fumble.
2: He's just a good player. He's a good, solid player. And when you have good, solid
1: players, solid starters, and then in the wings you have somebody like Drake Jackson, you're in a really good spot. And I do think this 49ers defense... You know, like Charles Amenahu who could probably start for a lot of teams in the league. Drake Jackson could start for a lot of teams in the league. Kevin Givens, maybe somebody who could start for some teams in the league. These are essentially backups, rotation guys for the 49ers, because that's how loaded their defensive line is. And yeah, that depth is going to be tested now because Eric Armstead's dealing with plantar fasciitis
2: and he missed last week's game. He made a return tonight and left in the second quarter, third quarter. Javon Kinlaw, the knee flared up again. And I think it's totally fair to
1: be as concerned as you can be about any athlete when it comes to injuries, when Javon Kinlaw has to miss time with a knee injury. And the issue with Javon Kinlaw's knee injury is that it feels like every time the 49ers are optimistic about his
2: health and how he's doing, he has a setback. And this was a guy who came into the league with knee injuries And the 49ers took him anyway, and I don't necessarily blame him. But man. Tristan Wirfs or CeeDee Lamb. Whew. Um, not to dwell on
1: the negative, but the Javon Kinlaw stuff is definitely something to to keep an eye on because you know, he had major surgery on that knee last year. They thought he would be healthy this
2: year, and now it's flaring up on him, and it's, you know, we're we're a quarter of the way through the season. But Again, I don't
1: think you can under understate how important this win was for the 49ers. I really don't. And I know I'm nitpicking or people will say I'm nitpicking by talking about things you're concerned about or things I would be concerned about. But a win is a win and you'll take it. And now you have two more winnable games coming up in Carolina
2: and at Atlanta. Definitely losable games, too the 49ers can lose to the
1: Bears, not the Browns, and the Broncos, there's no doubt that they could find a way to lose in Carolina and Atlanta. But what this does, dare I say, it might help them get their swagger back a little bit. So, two and two, it's obviously not ideal. You can make a case they should be three and one. You can make a very good case they could be four and oh. They should be four and oh. There's... The 49ers should be 4-0. They're a good team. No matter who the quarterback is, if they play to their capabilities in weeks one and three, they're 4-0. Full stop. But weird things happen in the NFL. You make mistakes, and that's one of the reasons why we love the NFL is just how damn competitive it is and how thin, razor thin the line is between Winning and losing, being good or being bad. Which is also why we shouldn't overreact because that line is super thin. So encouraging win. 49ers maintain their dominance over the Rams. They've won seven straight in the regular season. Obviously, the playoffs are a different story.
2: Cooper Cup, 14 catches on 19 targets. The Rams are in trouble. I think the Rams are in trouble. Their offensive line is obviously
1: injured. They're losing their you know, three starters along the interior. That's problematic. You lose Andrew Whitworth at left tackle in the offseason. But it looks like an entirely different team without a healthy Odell Beckham Jr. Without
2: Vaughn Miller. Bobby Wagner on Jeff Wilson's first touchdown. I honestly, and I'm not saying this just to throw shade and appease 49ers fans.
1: I've I've watched a lot of Bobby Wagner, particularly against the 49ers. That might be the worst play I've seen Bobby Wagner have against the 49ers. Just goes over, tries to fill the lane for Jeff against Jeff Wilson run. Spencer Burford gets a hand on him. The lane's wide open, and Wilson cruises for the long touchdown. Now Wagner did make up for it later in the game by stuffing Wilson at the goal line late in the third quarter in the sequence that led to Kyle Shanahan kicking the field goal from the one yard line or choosing to, and then taking the penalty and moving it back five yards. But I don't think Bobby Wagner's the same guy. I think that's pretty clear. I think Jalen Ramsey, although he is the best corner in football, When you go against the best offenses in the league, there are ways to avoid going head up against the best corner in football. And the Rams don't have the players to funnel everybody to Jalen Ramsey, right? Like what Bill Belichick does obviously is forces offenses to play left handed. In essence, taking away what offenses do best and then having one really good corner guy to to shut down the other thing. Like he'll take away your top receiver and your top option and then force you to funnel your offense in a direction that you typically wouldn't want to. I don't think the Rams defense is good enough to do that with Jalen Ramsey. I don't think they have the pieces to say, all right, Jalen Ramsey can shut this guy down. If we can make them play left-handed, then we'll be cooking with gas. I don't think the Rams can do that right now. I think they're too young. They're too banged up. Not too well, too young in some spots, too old in others, like Bobby Wagner's spot.
2: But Matt Stafford with more interceptions and touchdown passes this year, it's problematic. Can make an argument to Sean Gibson should add a pick
1: on that fourth down play. No, sorry, third down play before the Rams kicked one of their field goals. (laughs) Obviously. There were jokes on Twitter made about Joukowsky Tart dropping the interception in last year's NFC title game. And then again, Talanoa Hufanga saves, saves the day with a pick six. It's amazing what a pick six will do for a game, particularly one that could have been close at the end. Um. All right, I've gone long, long enough. I appreciate everyone bearing with, with us on these uh, post-game pods. Kyle Madsen doing the, uh, doing the post-game show for... 95-7 in the Bay Area has made it a little bit more difficult for us scheduling-wise um, on these primetime games, but it's important to us to get content out to you the morning after these games happen. So with morning games coming up here on the schedule, I think it'll be much easier for Kyle and I to have podcasts for you on Monday mornings. But for now, it's me. It's another solo pod. Um and Maybe these solo pods will stick around for these primetime games. We'll see. Maybe I'll try to get a guess. Let let us know. Shoot us some tweets. Um, Drink Cooperage beer. We will go over the six-pack, the Cooperage six-pack that we give out before the games in terms of players we think are going to tell the story. Um, Looking at it now, there's going to be a discussion between who won between Kyle and I. So we will record that very soon for you guys later in the week. Niners win 24 to nine improved to two and two have two variable win to have two very winnable games on the road. Easy for me to say against Carolina and Atlanta coming up here. And dare I say, if the 49ers win both of those games, which they should, I don't know that they necessarily will, but they definitely
2: should at four and two. You're feeling okay If you would have before the season started
1: Said the 49ers would be 4-2 and two through their first six say That sounds about right For one of the Better teams in the NFC potentially So For now they're 2-2 two and two. They rebounded from that ugly game in Denver To beat the Rams last year's Super Bowl champions We'll see if it's a get right game Or a blip on the radar <sighs> The defense Might be the best in the league I think it certainly is right now a quarter of the way through the season almost but we'll talk to you guys later in the week about all of these things in more depth shout out to cooperage for sponsoring the pod check out cooperagebrewing.com you can order any of their delicious beers anywhere within the state of california and they will ship it overnight to you you must be 21 and up of course um we'll talk to you guys later in the week subscribe rate review